It's time to go back to school, and for the first time in over two years, kids are going back to school under more normal circumstances, kind of like the way things were in the before times. So Loren hit the road today and visited a couple of schools, talked to some principals, talked to some teachers, talked to some parents, and some students. We had our weekly sports chat with Bob Irving and talked about the Banjo Bowl, of course. We talked about the Garrett Marino situation with Saskatchewan. And speaking of the Blue Bombers and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, we learned about an interesting party that's happening on Friday that is encouraging Bomber and Rider fans to get together in the same place. And since it's back to school week today, we asked you, what was your favorite class in school? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Wednesday, September 7th podcast for The Start. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and McNabb is going back to school today. I wish I was going back to school. No, I don't. I actually don't really. I would if it was maybe grade four or elementary school. We went through the school with the kids yesterday when they did the school supply drop-off and meet your new teacher thing, and everything looks so shiny and nice, and the teachers are all excited, and the principal's all excited, and so it put everybody in a great mood. Um, but I don't know if you could pay me to go back to high school, which is where I'm heading today. I'm going to be at a high school for 7.30 and then at an elementary school in the 8 o'clock hour talking to some kids. And so, I don't know, you guys, like, would you go back to school? No. (laughs) I mean, there were pluses and minuses in high school for sure, but I'm with you, Loren. I wouldn't want to, you know, willfully relive those years unless, as they say, you could go back knowing what you know now. Yes. Then I would probably go back in an instant. <laughs> McGarry? No, no. I still, to this day, because uh, the fact that I'm a night owl is sort of contradictory given the job that I work. But I think one of the reasons why I, I can tolerate our weird hours is because I wake up when it's still dark out. There is still that that time of day. If I'm waking up between, say, 7 and 9 a.m., uh, I hate it. And I think I hate it because... That's when I always got up to go to school. <laughs> you have a, your phobia of the alarm clock goes way back then is what I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my dad used to, every day yeah. through high school, he would have to knock on the door like five times. Okay, Brett, get up. Brett, get up. Brett, get up. Brett, your bus comes in 10 minutes. Okay, fine. You want to stay in bed, whatever. Do what you got to do what you want. And then I would get up and I'd run down the street to catch the Route 90 bus uh, on Madeline in Transcona. And sometimes I'd miss it. So, um, yeah, back to school. Uh, as, as much, I was actually, believe it or not, I was a decent student, but I would not want to go back to do any of that. Well, there's so many great things about school and that the kids would be excited for today. You know, you get to see all your friends that you maybe haven't been able to see all summer. There's the learning, which I know is not always the selling point to some kids, but you just, you're little sponges at a certain age. So you're soaking it all up. And then there's just the activities. And I know there's lots of conversations about COVID and, and what may or may not be coming this fall. But right now, for the first time in two and a half years, kids are going back to school today. Not all kids, but a good chunk of kids in Manitoba are going back to school today without any COVID rules or restrictions in two and a half years. And I think for them, 
That's exciting. You know, you can sign up for activities. There's sports that kids didn't get to play at all that they would have learned at school that they're now going to do this year. There might be band classes that are happening differently. Choir. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about today. At the very least, you can sniff some markers. (laughs) New smelling markers, guys. Maybe a little... New smelling glue, an eraser. Oh I don't know. I'm trying to sell. I'm trying to find a selling point for those who are still going to be groaning this morning because there will be those too. You get to sniff markers. That's oh. there. You go. I like that. Uh, the the whole idea of having the brand new supplies is something that we talk about every single year. And there's just something about freshly uh, freshly minted. Hillroy scribblers or the coil <laughs> scribblers and just you know the first time you're writing in one of those notebooks were you a, a both sides front and back type or just only on the front uh, Loren I think for the sake of money I had to use both sides I'm using a Hillroy scribbler as we speak this morning really there was an extra one and I couldn't find my notepad that I usually work when I'm out in the field and I was like well this will do for back to school so I've got a blue and a pink Hillroy scribbler and I might steal one of the kids new pens if I can before uh before I'm, I'm just heading out the door now because of course school doesn't open for a couple hours and so yeah maybe I should go back and grab I almost bought them this year one of those pens with the four colors on it that we had growing up sure but they're like 11 or 9 dollars yes like I I, I was so excited I said guys check this out and and then I was like nope nobody check this out this mama can't afford this pen this is not a pen that's on the agenda but yeah I'm sorry uh, a pen is 11 bucks I'm pretty sure that remember it was blue on the bottom, white on the top, and it had the four colors: oh, yeah, the red, yeah. the back, black, the blue, and the green. And you can pick which color pen yeah. you wanted. And I'm pretty sure the price tag on it was nine dollars. Well, under what circumstances are you using green ink? <laughs> I, I never really understood the inclusion of the red or the green ink. The red, the black, the blue, I understand completely, but the green. Yeah, I never, I, I always wondered what's up with the green, the okay, red. Okay, good. Yeah, the red, uh, I mean, of course, the, was the, what you would see on your homework after your teacher was done. <laughs> That's right. Eviscerating the dreaded it. color Well, red. why does it have to be blue? I'm really taking this all sorts of places this morning, but what, what, what was the origins of it having to be a blue pen? I don't know. It's a good it question. It even said on the, one of the lists for the kids this year, blue pens. Oh, what, oh, what no happens black if allowed? I bring black? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if it was me, I'd be bringing black just to test it out. <laughs> See what would happen. Test your limits, McGarry. Test it. <laughs> Before we get into what we're doing here, Loren, you have now officially hit the road with your Hillroy scribbler in tow. I've hit the road. I'm heading back to school today, or at least to speak with some principals, teachers, students over the next couple of hours. And I said to you that I'd packed one of my kids' leftover Hillroy scribblers, and that got Greg and I into a chat about the colors. And when you were growing up, did you have a colored-coded system for your, your Hillroy scribblers? And I said, yes, blue was math, green was science, pink was L.A. language arts. And Greg, yours yours was a bit different. Yeah, blue was geography, green was science, and then the pink or the red one was math because they didn't like to go there. It was like a warning sign. And then I guess we had yellow ones. <laughs> we had yellow ones. Those were the English or the language arts ones. But it, it, any system I had 
uh, quickly went out the window. Um, in, in particular, by the time I got to junior high school, I was I, I was I was terrible at organization. It might shock you to learn that, Brett. Okay, so let us know. Did you organize your Hillroy Scribblers based on subject? I don't remember if I had a system. I just I think I just grabbed whatever was available. Um, We alluded to this yesterday during our conversation about digital junk, all the emails, messages, apps, passwords, etc. that pile up on our phone. But nothing takes up more space than pictures and video because we want to capture those important or fun moments. And because it's all digital, we can take like 15 pics of the same shot just to make sure that it is perfect. Yeah, and of course, social media being what it is, yesterday I was reminded on my Facebook account of uh, first day of school for the boys from a few years back. And and this week and this morning in particular, parents will be reaching for their phones for those first day of school photos. And with, with some social media inspired back to school boards, you may have seen those over the years. They've become very popular. It shares fun facts about their child as they start a new grade. But as Global's Michelle Carlenzig reports, some experts say parents should consider just how much they're sharing online. They're supposed to be fun memories, snapshots in time, back to school boards with what grade your child is starting, their teacher's name, their hobbies, or even what they want to be when they grow up. But experts say there's privacy concerns to keep in mind before going online and clicking post on those back to school photos. If you have your child's information, then you'd be able to Um, approach a child and you would already know their full name, where they go to school, and you can see that there could be safety concerns there. Sometimes it's led to tragedies, and I've seen that in the past. Lindsay Lobb from CyberTip says it's always a personal choice when it comes to how much we share about our children. But keeping their privacy in mind is important. The less personal information we post about ourselves online is always a good thing. You know, I think that either if you're taking those pieces into consideration about you know, not posting personal information and being good models of what we decide to post online to our young people. Cybersecurity specialist Ritesh Kotak has some tips if you do choose to post back-to-school photos. These are some of the things to skip. Geolocation, which can lead to tracking where you live and the school your child goes to. The details like who their teacher is, their interests and hobbies, and what school they go to. Look at what's in the background of your photo. Things like papers with private information like pay stubs. Kotak says memories are important, but in the online world, it's more important to consider the potential price. I know this is an exciting time and a picture is worth a thousand words, but a picture on social media that's digital might be worth a lot more. Michelle Carlente, Global News. There's a whole list of things there that I don't know if many of us have considered, whether or not you have the location available in your photo? Could someone track where you live? Could someone track where they go to school? You don't want to think about those worst case scenarios, but there are people out there that would use that info for all the wrong reasons, the unimaginable, and then even the idea of identity theft or fraud or taking money from you or extortion or all the rest. There, there, you know, there's some dangerous spaces on the internet. And then as an aside to that, there's just the question about privacy of your child and what they might want. I know people when their kids have reached those teen years, where the teenager has come to them or they've gone to their kid and said, how do you feel? Can I post this? And it's the child's choice as to whether or not mom or dad can put that on Instagram or Facebook or whatever your social media app is. So are you having those chats with your teenager? And even more than that, I also know people, guys, who 
once as soon as the kid was born decided it's I'm not posting this until they're of age to give me that permission that that's the extension on that and so I think it's a it's worthy of having that conversation I think far more often now what I do or do not post compared to a few years ago on the flip side if I don't post I lose that I, I love it when memories pop up on my timeline and it is sort of the way you save photos these days right if you post it then you know it's always going to be there and so it's fascinating to consider what might be going into someone's decision today to just take that photo, let alone where they might put it or send it. Yeah, and the fact that it's always there is probably the concern. You don't really think about this when you're five, six, seven, eight years old. But as parents, maybe we should be realizing, go back and look at or think about if you get locked out of your bank account, let's say, online and you have to sign in again think about some of those questions that they ask you those secret questions that only you know the answer to i think we spilled the beans many of us have spilled the beans on many of the answers to those questions online at some point in time and so those questions may need to be updated uh, with that in mind based on the fact that we share so much online so that's one part of it and then loren you made a great point because i have this discussion with the twin towers like they 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 have veto power over any picture uh, with them in it uh, as to whether or not I'm going to post it on on any of the social media. So uh, that's a big part of the discussion in our house, for sure, Brett. As far as that, just a random note uh, aside on the memories. Um, the memories thing is, is a good function, but I, <laughs> I feel like I need to disable that uh, because Google Photos, Facebook, they have this uncanny ability of picking like bad memories yes <laughs> it's like oh there's yes. a there's You're my like, ex-girlfriend mind of this <laughs> there's my ex-fiance it's like <laughs> can you yeah. pick something good like when i was having fun well how much did i weigh back then that's what i always think when they show me memories what was going on with my face <laughs> Uh, so you can weigh in at 204-780-6868. You can read more at cjob.com. Question of the day, by the way, at cjob.com that we asked yesterday morning uh, had to do with the digital junk. Do you have too much digital junk? 13% said yes, email and messages. 5% yep, pictures and video. 3% apps and passwords. 38% all of the above. And 41% say no, I stay on top of that stuff. So to those, I salute you because I am not as organized as you are. It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. McNabb is going to sit this segment out. She is on the road getting ready for back to school, but uh, we are going to tell you in a moment how you can win yourself some tickets to see The Offspring, but congratulations to Kyle Watchko, who won a $50 gift card for TransCanada Brewing Company. Their fifth anniversary is coming up on the 17th, and congratulations to Freda Stitz of Headingley, who won yesterday's $50 gift card at the end of our show. So, with back to school in mind. Today's question is simple at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win tickets to see The Offspring. They are coming to Winnipeg in November. They're playing Canada Life Centre on November 18th with Simple Plan. And the question today, what was your favorite class and why? 204-780-6868. Greg, you said the Hillroy Scribblers for math were either pink or red because that was your warning, do not enter. Yes. So what was your favorite class? Math was for a long time, probably until I got to about grade eight, and then the wheels fell off on that. Once I got to uh, 
to high school, I guess it was drafting. It was always gym, right? Gym, lunch, and recess. Was, you, know, you ask your kids, well, how was your day? Good. What'd you like? Recess. Okay, second choice, <laughs> lunch, gym. Uh, yeah, I was one of those. But uh, drafting in high school was my favorite. I enjoyed uh, drafting out some of my own ideas uh, with regard to design and learning about perspective and all that sort of thing. I loved drafting until grade 11 when someone who I thought was my friend decided that he would steal one of my pieces of work and change the name in the, in the, in the block. <laughs> And uh, put his own name on it and, and hand it in because I'd been away for a week sick. And this, uh, this assignment was due and time was running out on him. And, and of course, mine went, mine went, uh, uh, disappeared, went missing. Couldn't find it. Carlos, it's 30 plus years later. I haven't forgotten, bud. <laughs> the grudges we hold. That could be another topic down the road. Jeff Brown, what was your favorite class? Uh, for me, I think it was math. It was just, uh, I, I know a lot of people really struggled with it and it was by far their least favorite class, but I was one of the lucky ones where uh, it just made sense to me and it was something I could always, I, I had the presence of mind to think to myself, oh, if I pay attention and watch the teacher show us how to figure this out, once I get it, then the homework's a breeze. And uh, it wasn't like, like social studies or something where I would think, oh, I can just daydream for an hour now because this guy's just reading from the book and all I have to do is read from the book myself the night before the test and I can get through it. But with, with math, you just got to learn that process. And then once it clicks, and I was lucky enough that it would click and it was, I always, it just kind of came easy to me. So uh, I always enjoyed math class because I could just tear through it. Fair enough. Good, good. What about, did you ever... Um... Was there a, like a segment of math through the years that really tripped you up, like trigonometry or something? There was, yeah, I don't. I guess it must have been trig. It was one of these things where it was the over the summer I forgot how to do it, and we had like a as soon as we got back, we had a test of like oh just a refresher test from last year, and I got like four percent on it because I just. <laughs> forgot everything but then i rewrote it a week later and got 99 percent on oh, it oh wow and, well well and then, he, and then he accused me of cheating oh geez <laughs> come on yeah it's like, funny look how... at my other math grades i was really good at it i just forgot over the summer but now i'm back yeah it's funny how quickly the we the, the the rust sets in if we don't you like i used to be great at physics and even to an extent calculus um but <laughs> No way, no way would I be able to even begin to solve a problem like that these days. Poitras, what about you? Well, it's funny because, you know, math class was the one that I needed to pay the most attention to. And then, of course, that was the one that I always uh, daydreamed uh, through the entire process. Like, uh, And I look back on it now and it's like, man, if I would have just paid attention and followed the steps that were explained to me, I would have been able to do it. But I just I didn't care enough. Um, because I just wasn't interested in the topic. Like my favorite class was by far history. Um, I consistently, I did the top university classes in high school all the time in history. I always got 99 or hundred percent. Um, and I didn't, I was not a great student. I did not come close in, in, in any other classes. I would say English was probably my second favorite. Um, I even developed my own history curriculum, province of Manitoba. If you're wondering how to get kids uh, interested in history, and oh stuff my, like that, you can come to me. Uh, I know what's going on. They, 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 the problem was is they waited till all the way to the end of the year, and then they'd have to scramble and they'd have to do World War II. Every kid in that class was there interested in the Second World War. They they should start with it and then work backwards from there. But I was like the I was interested in the in the fur trade and 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 all that kind of stuff, like that sort of. 
uh, you know, the development of Canada and all this other stuff. Um, and I, I was always very, very interested in, in that kind of stuff, like the kind of the minutiae. A lot of people's that's when they would daydream was the fur trade. That's when I got really, really interested in it. So province of Manitoba. Cam, I, know I will it, do, I know your, I will do your math homework for you, Cam, if you do my history homework for me. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that's a deal. That's if you would have read my killer edition of the Port Royal Times printed back in 1647, Cam, that's you would have cool. learned all you needed to know about the fur trade and no, nah, no. Nah. I've, I've read like three or four books on it. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, profe- pro- I don't profess to be a, a, you know, an expert on it or anything like that, but I, it's a very, very interesting topic that uh, I felt that the teachers didn't do a good enough job teaching, so I had to teach myself it. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, that's just my problem. And anyways, I do, I'm still dealing with my own struggles here. So, <laughs> uh, Forte, <laughs> what was your favorite class? Mine would have to be banned. Banned! Banned! You know, especially loved it like even when everyone was setting up, sometimes I'd go and jump behind the drum kit. I would play percussion uh, for most of uh, my time in band in high school. And you know, I'd sit behind the drum kit. And I'd jam out a bit while everyone was getting ready, and all the eyes would be on me. I was just looking for the attention. <laughs> really, that's, that's what it was all about. That's why you be- became the drummer, for attention? Yeah, basically. Well, the drummer never really gets all the attention. It's usually the guy at the front of the stage. But... yeah. No, once you start playing the drums during a band class, a lot of people end up looking, looking around, looking at you, looking through the door, like, "Hey, what's going on there? What's going on?" Yeah. But uh, plus, also, I remember you had to practice uh, your instrument for so many hours in a week or something like that. And uh, since I play drums, like, I automatically already practice. So I remember I'd go way above beyond practice time and uh, just get '90s in band. It's like the only class I got '90s in, so uh, why not? And you probably drove your parents crazy in the process. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, God, yes. It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Loren is going to sit this one out. She is on the road. She's going to be bouncing around various schools this morning as many students are going back to school. Just want to mention this quickly here. Of course, the Banjo Bowl is on Saturday, and you can win yourself some tickets on the news this afternoon with Richard Gluche and Skylar Peters in for Julie Buckingham. But uh, Blue Bomber Fan Appreciation Day goes from 12.30 until 3.30 at IG Field on Sunday. So again, that's 12.30 to 3 30 at IG Field on Sunday. The voice of the Bombers, Derek Taylor, is going to be there, and uh, it's going to be a good day. So, but you're going to be, of course, at the game on Saturday, Mackling. As uh, is it tough to contain your fandom when you're on the broadcast team, or do you just let it fly? Uh, no, I try to contain it. I, I I always try to look through the lens of uh, an observer, of a commentator, and try to be realistic about what's going on. Obviously, it's with the Blue Bomber slant. It's the Blue Bomber uh, game day coverage and the Blue Bomber broadcast. So that's what our listeners are listening for. They're mostly Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans. 85, 90, 95% of them are listening because they cheer for the Blue Bomber. So they're interested in what Brady Oliveira is doing or not doing on the field, not what the Saskatchewan Rough Riders running backs are doing, unless, of course, they're running all over the Blue Bomber defense. So, yeah, there's a little <laughs> bit of a slanted lens for sure, but I, I you know, try to be realistic, open open-minded and and try to be 
try to be uh, neutral to a certain extent in, in how I'm presenting what I'm seeing for sure. All right. Well, it's going to be an exciting time at IG Field this weekend. And then as far as your favorite classes go for a chance to win tickets to see The Offspring with Simple Plan at Canada Life Centre, Heather says, Mr. Pierce Glenlon, 84 Physics wonderful man. Always offered extra help as I was not the greatest comprehending the complicated equations. Also he knew I was interested in long distance running and would take his time out to time me on weekends jogging the distance of St. Vitale Park. Wow. Talk about going above and beyond. No quiet quitting happening with Mr. Pierce. No, not at all. Mike says this, uh, while maybe not my most favorite class in school it was an elective class in grade 12 that has given me the most skill. I took grade 11 typing class, which was filled almost exclusively with girls. And back in 1978, manual typewriters were the standard to learn on, but to this day, my typing skills rank right up there, likely around 60 to 70 words per minute. I never did find any grade 11 girls to date, but it was <laughs> a very useful skill to learn. And I said I did the same thing in grade 12. I took grade 11 uh, typing and... Well, let's just say it was a fruitful experience. <laughs> I think for us it was mandatory. The class was called Dactylographie, and uh, our teacher was Larry Petko, who wonderful teacher. He was a great English teacher, but I think this was one of those classes where it was a case of like, okay, you're stuck with that class. you got to teach this class because you could tell that he had no interest in being there. <laughs> one but, of the leftovers. Yeah, but it was, it was I, I concur. It's such a valuable skill, and I'm with you, Mike. I'm in the 60 to 70 word per minute range, I think. Um, and I learned uh, because I learned to type one certain expletive really quickly over and over and over again. And I still do it because it's fun. Back to school week. We're asking you about your favorite class at 204-780-6868. In a moment, we're going to find out where Loren is on location. But first, from Kristen, says my favorite class was English. Always English. I love to read, and the assigned books were usually ones I would never have picked up on my own. I was exposed to so many authors and genres that would have been left undiscovered without the help of English teachers over the years. In the recent past, a friend was reading a get-to-know-you blurb and made the comment, what kind of questions are these? Who even has a favorite quote? anymore. And it was my time to shine. I whipped out a classic from Somerset Mom. Oh yeah, nerd fun. And the quote, by the way, was the ability to quote is a serviceable substitute for wit. <laughs> what was your... Uh... What was your your book quote, Brett? Was it uh, how highbrow was it? Uh, it was slightly more lowbrow, my yearbook quote, because I couldn't figure out what to use. So I finally just went with, if you can't take the heat, get your ass out of the kitchen by Coolio. <laughs> Coolio. Courtesy of the song Fantastic oh, Voyage. Yeah, that world famous um, <laughs> prof professor of thought, Coolio. <laughs> I'm sure my parents were thrilled. So keep those texts coming for a chance to win offspring tickets. We'll give those away at 915, your favorite class and why. Reminded that at in our next segment, we're going to give away tickets for Boney M. Up and Atem. We'll play some trivia. In the meantime, alarm clocks are sounding.
pounding in homes across the province today as kids head back to school. Yeah, I just got a text message from one of my kids. Are you driving me? I'm like, who are you asking? <laughs> uh, there's reprieve for some students. Maybe uh, Brendan doesn't have to go to school till later, but not all elementary schools are back at it today, Loren. And in most high schools, it's just the grade nines going back. And that's where we do find our own Loren McNabb at Garden City Collegiate. What's going on there, McNabb? Oh, I just watched some kids get on one of the Winnipeg Transit buses. They're on their way to school somewhere. The lawn is freshly mowed here at Garden City Collegiate. And I'd, I'll ask them. I don't know if they're both in new clothes, my guess. But Garden City, of course, is a, a, a small city as far as, as I'm concerned, or a small town. There's 1,400 students that go to school here. Howard Kowalczyk is the principal at Garden City. First of all, did you get any sleep last night? Do you have the jitters? Uh, I was here pretty late last night. I was here till about 8 o'clock finishing things up just to get ready for the first morning. But yeah, I know that the night before the first day of school is always, uh, uh, you're excited, you're making sure everything's ready, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm always up late and up early the morning to get here. I was remarking this morning earlier on the show that this is really the first time in two and a half years that if you're a student that's already been going here for the past couple of years, you've been under some sort of COVID rules since the spring of 2020. And if you're a new student, well, you have them at your old school. Today, for the first time in a long time, they can walk in as they're supposed to. And that changes things, I think. Yeah. Well, last year was the first, well, um, when they came last September was the first time they came every day, the year before, every second day. So it felt a bit more normal last year. This year, they're walking in as if school is like it always was. And it's going to feel really good on the first day for everybody. You guys do something neat. Many high schools do this now, which is to bring in the grade nine students first, because it's a big step to go into a new school. This is a big school. There's two offices. It's, it's a, yeah. like I said, it's a small town. How do you find that that makes a difference for those 14, 15 year olds? Uh, all of our high schools have been doing this for, for a long time. It's such a good day just to have the nines come into the building themselves. Uh, some of them have been here for other programs or events, but really to, to explore the building, uh, meet all the staff. We'll start the day in their homeroom, their advocacy class getting to just to know the routines of the school they'll tour the whole school we'll do a whole school assembly where they meet each other kids are coming from multiple schools uh, we have a back-to-school barbecue at lunch for them they get a sampling of their whole schedule they'll go all to all their rooms student council our clubs and committees put on an event fair to introduce all the uh, extracurriculars to kids uh, so they'll meet a lot of the older kids as well who put on some events for them today but it's a real it's an exciting day for them just to explore what high school is going to feel like uh, so when they walk in tomorrow with all 1400 kids they have a sense of uh, who's around them their teachers where to go and they feel a bit more comfortable there's back to school jitters just in a general sense I think for most kids you might be excited you might be nervous it's a new school potentially maybe new teachers and then our next guest Sam Ursel is with the EAL department English as an additional language and of course you're working with students who might be new to the country including many newly landed Ukrainian refugees potentially uh, talk a bit about that experience coming into a whole new world. Well, we're really, really focused on helping them to find a sense of community. Uh, we recognize all of our refugee students, but especially the ones from the Ukraine this year. This was an unexpected move for them. And so we're really concerned with making sure that they find a home base, find some other friendly faces, feel comfortable here, and really start to get a sense for what school in Canada is like, how it's the same, how it's different. And we're really looking um, to help many of our new students from Ukraine. They're very early in their language learning. 
learning. And that's different from some other newcomers we have. If they knew they were coming to Canada, they may have been working on English for five or seven years before they come. Um, these students, many of them, it was a sudden move. So they're very worried about family at home, and they're very nervous about navigating this new system in a language that is new to them. Um, so actually, we've also invited those students and all of our newcomer students to come today for an orientation. Um, my partner and I will spend a couple of hours with them. Um, same thing, taking them on a tour of the school, teaching them how the schedule works, spending some time with them so that they're more comfortable. And then we have a classroom in the school that we use as a home base for our newcomer students. So throughout the year, we'll be working with them really intensively to help them with their um, English language skills. But we're also going to be connecting them with other teachers and programs in the school. You know, we want them to feel a sense of normalcy. You know, whether they excelled in music or sports or chess when they were at home, we want them to have some of those normal, um, you know, high school experiences again so that they can make connections with other newcomers, but also with other Canadian students here in the building. You mentioned just the fact that there's, I think you said uh, about a dozen at least coming from Ukraine that would be new as in the last couple of weeks. And of course, there's the students from last year. There's other countries. You've got several different languages that the school has to adapt to. How do you do that? Because obviously you can't bring translators or have, expect to have 10 different teachers who know how to speak everything from Ukrainian to Farsi. So what do you do? Well, the students are really, really good at um, waiting and working with you so that you can you know, make sure that they understand what you're saying. Um, we do provide classes with students where we are teaching at the level of language that they have and working from where they are. Students develop conversational English pretty quickly like most of these students within six to eight months they'll be able to have you know a decent conversation well there's music there's TV programs and all the rest yeah and again we find that we'll find other um, students in those rooms who will help them or teachers will find ways to adapt or we work with the teachers to actually change the assignments and the programming that the students are doing so they can then achieve um, some of the outcomes within those courses so we will work with the teachers and the students to make sure that they're getting as much as they possibly can and we do find like especially with something like music or sports the students are coming with those skills they have those hands-on skills so they can often transfer um, quite quickly those skills and then it's just building that English vocabulary so they really understand what's happening around them. Well, we wish you best of luck in the school year. Before I let you go, Scott, there's also parents out there, guardians, grandparents who might be feeling their own. I don't know why I'm tearing up here, but I'm feeling their own jitters, right? Because then they're excited for their kids. Any tips for parents as they send their kids off to school, particularly for high school, because that's, you know, they're young adults then. They're moving on into a whole new world. No, we, just, we want to tell all of our caregivers, parents, families, guardians, everyone, your kids are in good hands when they come here. We're really excited to work with all of our kids. Um, they're excited to be here. Um, enjoy the day as they move off to school, and uh, they're going to come home with some great stories of, uh, for a start of a really good year. Howard Qualchuk, Sam Ursel, Garden City Collegiate. Thank you both. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'll send it back to you guys. And obviously, my kids are going to be glad I'm not driving them to school today because I just teared up with uh, the imaginings of the drop-off, <laughs> let alone actually going through it myself. This grade 9 thing with the grade 9s going back first, when did that start? Well, I can ask. Hang on. When the grade 9 started going back early, when did that start? You mentioned it's been going on for a while, Howard. 10 years, they're saying. In terms of coming in for orientation? Yeah. Oh, I... I 
I would say at least 10 years, probably even longer. Yeah. Okay. My co-host Brett was just saying that's remarkable. It's a great idea, don't you think, Brett? That's a big step to walk into a high school, particularly a high school of 1,400 students. You know, you th- in th- yeah, the way, in the way he sold it, great sales pitch on making, you know, like, they, they, they'll have more room to roam and get to just get comfortable. But I don't know. Part of me thinks, and Mackling, maybe I'm wrong on this one, but part of me thinks if I'm in grade nine, I'm mad. I'd be like, ah, yeah. I want the extra day off. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe delays all the freshy stuff, and the fact that you're the fr- the new the new student, you know, the grade tens, elevens, and twelves are licking their lips for the newbies. You know how it was. But when I was in high school, high school was only ten, eleven, twelve. I don't even know when did it switch to grade nine being a part of high schools. And that in the last twenty years or so. Yeah, it would have been in the nineties because uh, I went to a school that was grade nine to twelve uh, at College Pitt Elliott Trudeau. And I think, although I don't know if they if nine technically counted as high school at that point, but they just lumped us all together. Um, also, I, I should point this out as well. On Friday when I was at the pub, I noticed a lot of uh, backpacked zombies sort of wandering aimlessly around the exchange, not li- looking, <laughs> looking like they didn't know what was happening. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot RRC. Makes the students go back before Labor Day. I remember that when I was in Crecom. Not fair, not right. Well, the RRC, they're just preparing students for the real world. Life is pain. Get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Bob Irving is going to join us for our weekly sports chat just after 8.35. And we have tickets to give away for the playoff game tonight. The Winnipeg Gold Eyes taking on the Fargo-Moorhead Red Hawks. So stand by for your cue to call for that. In a moment, we're going to find out where Loren McNabb is on location next as she tours Winnipeg for back-to-school week. But before that... Boney M featuring Liz Mitchell, Club Region Event Center, December 7th. Tickets on sale tomorrow. Pre-sale is today. The password is just is Disco, D-I-S-C-O, at 7.56. We played another round of Up and Atom, where we ask you a trivia question, and the answer starts with the letter M. Greg, what was the question? Well, it was a facsimile of which M is now up and at M, packing their bags, getting out of Saskatchewan. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders sent Garrett Marino packing last night, and so there we are. And who is our winner? Gary Jenkins, loyal listener, texts us every morning from his walk. Gary was quick on the keyboard, quick on his phone, and uh, he is uh, on his way to see Boney M. December 7th at Club Regent. And as I was confirming his information, I said, is this still your email address, (laughs) and is this still the street you're on? And he says... Come on, Brett. Uh, the email address is correct, but I moved to the country. And I said, are you are you smart-mouthing me as I'm about to give you a prize, Gary? How about I give it to someone else? <laughs> What's the address? I love that back and forth. That's great. A little showdown. A little throwdown. <laughs> Congratulations, Gary. We'll give away more tickets tomorrow on the start. Now, in the meantime, let's head back out to the road. Loren McNabb, where do you find yourself now? Well, guys, speaking of heading back out onto the road, I just wanted to remind everyone that traffic is so much busier this time of year. And I know we all know that. It's fall. Kids are going back to school. But I was shocked at how long it took me to get to my next location. I was just at Garden City Collegiate. Right now, I'm at Stanley Knowles Elementary. This is a K nursery, actually. Nursery to grade 8 school. About 770 people here. Andrea Powell is its principal. And I'm curious for you, what's the best part of back to school? 
Oh, seeing the kids. Last night we had our welcome uh, welcome back, meet the staff night, and to see the families pouring through the doors, uh, the kids with their parents coming to classrooms, touring the school. It was amazing. We haven't had that in years. And that energy and that excitement, the, ante- the anticipation for the year was amazing. Does it feel different this year? The past couple of years have not been the same. What does it feel like this year? You use the word energy. Is that just because... In theory, we're back to normal, we hope. Do you know what? There is a sense, a a hopeful sense from staff and from the community, I think, that this is going to be a somewhat normal year, air quotes. Um, We're hopeful. There is something about going into the year feeling that we're going to be able to follow through with programming, not have the the last-minute changes that we've had to have the last couple of years, and that gives teachers that comfort. There is that sense that this is going to be a somewhat normal year. There's all sorts of questions around COVID, I know, for educators, for parents, for, for many people in terms of what will this year look like. But as we look to the possibility of maybe masks, who knows what makes a comeback? Right now, that doesn't exist. The cohorts I'm, are, are gone. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Spacing is, this, is back to normal. Did, tell me what that would have been like and what that feels like for some of your teachers who are in those younger grades. Because I can imagine the, cha- the very real challenge of keeping five-year-olds apart of making sure everyone's washing their hands like that's a hard on on the best of days and yet they had to go through all that for almost two plus years yeah I think back to some of what we've been through over the past few years I can picture a kindergarten classroom with children sitting on the floor on dots on colored dots that have been put on the floor that were spaced they each had their own bins of materials Uh, They were talking with each other, but there wasn't the heads together play. And for for early uh, early childhood, play is their work. That that is what they're doing. And so to have that. so differently structured in a classroom did, just didn't feel right. And to be able to go back to um, normal settings, to go into classrooms, to see desks in groups, to see playstations and, and uh, learning spaces uh, set up differently is really exciting. With that, are there things to watch for as both teachers and parents because of that adjustment? That might be a lot for some kids to take in. I know that things were relatively back to normal in the spring, but this is the first full year of where we're really looking and hoping that we can keep things as is. And so therefore, I'm, I'm wondering about mental health challenges over the past couple of years, anxiety going toward it and all the rest, Andrea. Absolutely. We know that we have a heightened sense of anxiety with many of our students. We know that the so socialization that they've had over the years that has just come naturally in classrooms um, has been disturbed over the years. So we are, we're starting, we're kicking off our year with a campaign, a campaign of belonging. And we um, are, we have activities planned and um, we're kicking off this campaign to have that sense of belonging for all of our students. That's really important. We know that we're going to need to be on top of that and keep an eye open for kids who are struggling. There are some kids, you know, some of our older students continue to wear their masks well into the spring, and it wasn't because of the pandemic per se. They got used to that anonymity of wearing a mask. And so we'll explore that as we go into the fall, and we'll see what our kids come in with. Lots to consider as we move forward, but right now I'm happy to see the kids pulling up with their hairs and pigtails. They got their backpacks on. The most not serious question of all, Andrea, do you have a new back-to-school outfit on as well? I, well, I don't really. I uh, You look great. I, should, I thought you might. Thank you. Thank you. No, I don't. But, you know, nor do I have kids with new backpacks anymore. I miss that.
I have to tell you, I made my kids reuse the backpack several years in a row. Things get pricey, but I appreciate the time. Best of luck today. I'm going to go inside, guys, and talk to some of these students and then bring you some of that audio later in the show. That was Andrea Powell, Principal, Stanley Knowles Elementary. All right. Loren McNabb on location at Stanley Knowles. And a reminder that we are asking you about your favorite class. Like Rick, who says, my favorite class in grades 11 and 12 was spare. <laughs> it was when the school was on a semester system, four classes a day. One of the electives mm-hmm. available was no class. You were to use it for studying, reading, school stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Or the good old self-imposed spare. When you would find a... <laughs> And create a hole in your schedule, and then John Hatcher would see you in the hallway and ask you, Mr. Mackling, what class do you have right now? I have a spare right now, Mr. Hatcher. No, you don't. (laughs) Where are you supposed to be? Never good when the vice principal knows your schedule backwards and forwards, (laughs) McGarry. It is Mackling. McGarry and McNabb. Loren is going to sit this segment out. She's on the road this morning. She is currently at Stanley Knowles School. She's talking to some students, so we're going to hear some of that a bit later on in the morning. Just a heads up, this just came in from the RCMP. They say that they have released the names and photos of the 10 people killed in the Labor Day weekend stabbing rampage in Saskatchewan. So we'll have more information on that soon. Also, probably within the next half hour, we're expecting the Bank of Canada to raise the uh, key interest rate. That's what, the fifth consecutive now this year, Mackling? That sounds right, Brett. I've lost count. Uh, the 0.75, I, I've plead guilty for not really paying attention to what the projected increase was going to be today. So when we had that in our business news at 0.75%, that really kind of set me back a little bit. I was surprised to see that. That would bring it to 3.25%. So we're expecting that to happen in the next half hour. And a reminder that we have tickets to give away for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes playoff game tonight. We'll do that after we do what we are about to do now. And let's just jump right into this morning's chat with Mr. Bob Irving, just a guy we know and love and who happens to know a little thing or two about sports. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing okay, doing okay. So last evening on the Coach Show, Bob, uh, Mike O'Shea in conversation with Derek Taylor said something that you have been saying for quite some time. How loud is that stadium when when they are when Saskatchewan's going well at the beginning how loud is that stadium from the sidelines yeah it's pretty loud not as loud as ours that is entirely fair yeah 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 so it's it's uh, yeah it's pretty good they do a great job I mean that's the beauty of having this rivalry that you know you're gonna get two packed houses and it's it's a long-standing rivalry and <laughs> you just you love being in that environment once again, I said it before, uh, the game, whether they're cheering for you or cheering against you, it's a fun environment to be in. So IG Field in Winnipeg then, definitely louder, Bob? <laughs> well, you know, I think both uh, teams in their cities have taken a decibel level count during these games, Brett, and uh, I guess it's a matter of who you believe, whichever count was the highest. But I would, I would favor Winnipeg, of course, because uh, I'm biased, right? Uh, Saskatchewan, Mosaic is very loud. It is extremely loud uh, there, as it is here. So I'll always uh, lean toward our stadium here, but both are very, very loud, and they create an atmosphere when they're full, as they were last Sunday in Regina and will be this Saturday here in Winnipeg. When they're full, they create an atmosphere that's totally electric, that's so exciting, and is very, very noisy 
And like Mike O'Shea said, of course, you expect him to say this, right, that uh, IG Field is louder than Mosaic Stadium. And so I'll second that motion. Let's put it that way. I'll second or third it, I guess, in this yeah. case. It's a different kind of noise I find I found at Mosaic Stadium, Bob, just because of the, the pitch and the and the shape of the roof at, at Mosaic versus IG Field. And I think this yeah. was purposeful in the design here at IG Field. Those canopies really trap the noise, and, and it's sort of a deeper rumbling noise versus in Saskatchewan where it's just completely loud, uh, higher pitched, and boy, do they ever crank the music up at Mosaic Stadium. Yeah, they do, and I think, uh, Greg, as you say, those canopies here uh, really add to the level of noise at IG Field, and the teams, you know, the visiting team in this case this weekend, Saskatchewan, they'll have to use hand signals when they run their offense, just as the Bombers did in Regina last weekend. It's the, it creates a, an enormous home field advantage, unlike any really in the CFL for both the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, because the visiting offenses really, really struggle. Uh, and, you know, I think the Bombers functioned very well in that environment last weekend. We'll see how the Riders deal with it uh, Saturday here in the Banjo Bowl. There was one player that was introduced on the Saskatchewan defense on Sunday, Bob, that I think he may have received as many boos from the Rider fans as he did from Blue Bomber fans. The Garrett Marina era in Saskatchewan is now over late afternoon, early uh, yesterday evening, the Rough Riders announced the fact that they had released the controversial defensive lineman. I think it's fair to call him that. Two questions, Bob. The first one is, did the Riders simply tire of the distraction? Well, I think for sure they did. And also, I don't think Marino was playing that well. You know, I think to a degree, his performance w- wasn't great. And so I'm sure Craig Dickinson, the, the head coach of the Riders, and probably people at a higher level in the organization. Uh, you know, and there was a situation in the game with the Bombers on Sunday where he took a, a bit of a cheap shot at Zach Kolaris uh, in the fourth quarter near the or at the end of a play. And, you know, that just raised once again the question of why do you even bother having this guy around? Because he's just a lightning bolt for controversy. And, uh, you know, I think the writers just got tired of dealing with his antics. And again, it probably he wasn't playing great when they would grade him after that game on the weekend because I didn't see him involved in a play until he, you know, delivered that cheap shot to Zach Kolaris. So I think it's a matter of just, you know, you, you cut your losses and say, let's move on from this guy because we just don't need him here anymore. Well, when you lose 10 yards on a penalty on your own bench because a guy who isn't dressed for the game mouths off or does something silly, uh, discipline is clearly an issue for the Rough Riders, period, dot. So uh, this is one discipline issue that I guess they won't need to drill deal with any longer. The second question I think a lot of people have is uh, specifically Chris Jones uh, in Edmonton, but overall, do you think there's another team lurking uh, waiting to pick up Marino today or over the next several days? Well, everybody's speculating that it'll be Chris Jones in Edmonton because he's no stranger to having guys with questionable backgrounds and who lack discipline. Uh, we'll see. I, I think the Elks, have, their defense has improved a fair bit, uh, especially on their front in, in recent weeks. So I don't know if Jones will go down that road or not. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he does. Uh, I don't think any other team in the league will touch him, though. He's a toxic player right now, Greg, and you know who needs that that sort of a headache? And you know, you referenced discipline. When I think back to that game in Regina on the weekend, and this is one of the reasons the Bombers win a lot of these close games, is they are so disciplined and so 
poised. They don't take dumb penalties, uh, you know, and that's a big part of the success they have. Obviously, they have talent. They're well-coached and all that. But part of that being well-coached is being disciplined. The Riders took, I think it was 11 penalties in that game, and some of them were just crucially costly. Uh, and, and the Bombers just don't do that. And that's really a big part of what goes on with the success the Bombers are having. Reminder that you can win Banjo Bowl tickets this afternoon on the news with Richard Cloutier and Skylar Peters in for Julie Buckingham. And a reminder that Blue Bomber Fan Appreciation Day is Sunday, 1230 to 330 at IG Field. Now we move from football to baseball, Bob. The Winnipeg Gold Eyes back in the postseason. Game one tonight versus the Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks. This marks the uh, 20th playoff appearance in franchise history, as well as the team's 24th winning season, the most ever in independent baseball. What this team does year in and year out, uh, very impressive, don't you think? Oh, sure it is. Yeah, they've had a, a terrific run. I know the last couple of years they've missed out on the playoffs, but they're back in there once again you know they've had a successful season uh, and they all feast their arch enemies in the fargo moorhead redhawks this is a team that you know just down the road from us in in fargo and uh, a team that the gold eyes have had a great rivalry with so i think this is a perfect matchup rick forney the the gold eyes manager uh, almost always fields a competitive team that's fun to watch and successful so they've been a really good success story this best of three uh, with game one here tonight and then the second and third, if necessary, are down in Fargo. That's going to be a real challenge for the Gold Ice. But again, they've had a good year, and if they come up with a couple of good performances, they'll move on. Well, I think uh, the Red Hawks are sort of like the, the Blue Bombers. The Gold Eyes, uh, uh, the Gold Eyes and Red Hawks are the Blue Bombers Rough Riders rivalry yeah. is what I'm trying to say there. Uh, thanks for this, Bob. Uh, just really quick here before we let you run, defenseman Scott Campbell. Uh, Winnipeg Jet, uh, era 1.0 WHA Jets as well, passed away yesterday. One of the good guys in, in the Winnipeg Jets alumni. Yeah, he sure was. He uh, joined the Jets back in the late 70s from Houston, remember? He was a first-round pick of both Houston and the WHA and St. Louis in the NHL. A couple of years with the Jets, a couple of memorable years. Uh, you know, a guy that everybody liked. And at 65 years of age, I think we can all agree, gone way too soon. Kids say the best things. So coming up at 9.35, a tremendous description of a back-to-school item that one grade two student is super pumped about. And then uh, what's the point of parents if they're not going to embarrass you? I'll share you how that happened in one of the interviews as well. This one kid has a secret word she shares with dad. It's a code, and when she says it, he is to stop talking. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, It happened. It ha- and then, we'll just, I'll, we'll wait for it. He, I don't believe he embarrassed her. It was more that that was the concern in that moment. And I loved every second of it. So, so it was a we'll preemptive, it was a preemptive code on her part. Yeah. yeah. Like just FYI, don't forget dad, that if I say this, it, she was very calm about it. Yeah, it was grade three. And I thought you're too young to be worried about your dad embarrassing you. But you know, that can happen at all ages, I think, Greg. 
Oh, uh, you're not joking. Absolutely. Yeah, my yeah, I get the evil stink eye. That we we maybe should develop a code <laughs> word amongst uh amongst the Mackling boys though with regard to embarrassing cuz yeah, I, I can go on surprise surprise and and uh, <laughs> one of my boys in particular is a, is a little quieter and is a little more shy than uh than his brother. Yes. So, yes, we'll have I'm to work on that. I like to yell out when they're coming across the yard after school. Hi, it's mom. Mom, can you see me? I missed you. I love you. (laughs) Guys, guys, it's mom. I did that once last year and it was not appreciated. (laughs) It's it's making me so happy because I think through the days when my parents would embarrass me and now I get to see my friends taking so much glee and embarrassing their children. (laughs) Okay, so that's coming up in our next half hour. But right now, if you are following along with the Winnipeg Blue Bomber season, you will know, of course, that this Saturday is the most anticipated home game of the season, the annual Banjo Bowl. And just as thousands of Manitobans invaded Saskatchewan for the LDC, the Labor Day Classic, the exact opposite, of course, happens this weekend with an invasion of fans from all over dressed in green for the return engagement. And this time on the home field of our defending Grey Cup champs, Greg. Yeah, this weekend, as was last, uh, strengthens rivalries. It strengthens relationships among respective fan bases. And our next guest is looking to kick off the weekend in style. He is the official Bomber Reaper, the unofficial mayor of Section 141. Let's say good morning to Michael Ludwig. Good morning, Michael. Uh, good morning, gang. How you guys doing this morning? Hey, anytime we get to speak football with a passionate fan, uh, that takes the excitement level up a notch. Before we talk about what you've got planned and, and this Reaper character that you've been creating over the years, how long have you been a Blue Bomber fan, and, and, and what got you started in your Blue Bomber fandom, Michael? Let's uh, just a little background. Uh, I I moved to Winnipeg in two thousand in two thousand, and uh, my uh, wife and I got together in two thousand and two. She is actually the big big bomber fan, and she's the one that converted me into being a big bomber fan. So we've been on the. She's been on it for since she was a kid, and uh, I just got wrapped up in it. What were you before you were a Bomber fan? Why weren't you just at birth instantly walking into the love of the, this team? Well, you know, I, I, I guess I, 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 I'm the epitome. I, I grew up in southwestern Ontario. Um, I'm the epitome of, sadly, of the fan base down there. Yeah, uh, there yeah. wasn't much interest down there. so It is what it is. So tell us about this Reaper character, Michael. Oh, a Reaper uh, came about uh, twenty. I think it was twenty sixteen. Uh, it was uh, every every year the bombers do uh, a, a, a Halloween sort of theme game, and I decided, you know what, I need to get a mask, and I uh, uh, went out, got a mask, and uh, wore it, and it just snowballed from there. I got on a got a, got pushed on the Twitter by a few people and things like that, and uh, yeah, it's amazing what uh, a dollar dollar ammo to store mask and uh, do for you. Yeah, I'm just looking at the mask right now on your Twitter uh, at bomber underscore reaper, a picture with uh, your parents. And um, you have an invitation to send out. What do you have planned? Yeah, uh, back in 2019, we had our friend Frank from uh, over in the UK come over, and uh, we threw a little bit of a bash for him uh, at the King's Head at the time, uh, the weekend of the Banjo Bowl, and uh, a few Saskatchewan fans wanted to join in, and they joined in, and 
between myself, my wife Lisa, and uh, Trevor Finch, we thought, you know, this is a really, really good idea to do. Of course, we know the history of what happened in 2020, and of course, 2021 was even, even just as hard to do things. So we thought in 2022, this is the year we're going to do it. We decided to throw a bass before the banjo ball. So we pushed it around. We said, we, why not call it the Prairie Rivalry Bass? So we're throwing a bass uh, Friday night, 7.30 at Fion's on Grant. Everybody's invited. We've got uh, right now confirmed about 160 people that are confirmed right now. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a great time. Jay Kilger jumping all over this. It looks like it'll be a perfect night to get together and have everybody, you know, mix, mingle, uh, trade insults, and, and strengthen those CFL bonds. So it's uh, it's at Bomber Reaper, Bomber underscore Reaper on Twitter. And, of course, we have to give out a, a shout to your, to your lovely wife, Lisa Marie, Bomber underscore Vixen. How do people get tickets or uh, make sure or confirm their attendance with you before we let you go, Michael? If you could, if you could. There's really no tickets. There's no entry fee. There's nothing like that. No cover charge. Uh, it's just basically uh, come as you are. Just make sure you're wearing blue or green. But uh, if you could uh, direct message uh, Lisa Bomber Vixen and give her a heads up that you're interested in coming, that'd be great. That just gives us an opportunity to let uh, Fiance know what they're in for and uh, just make the event a little bit more smooth. Once again, that's at bomber underscore vixen on Twitter and at bomber score under uh, Reaper. The Bomber Reaper, thank you very much for joining us, Michael Ludwig. We appreciate this. Sounds like you're going to have a good time on Friday night. Yeah, it should be a great time. I, uh, I appreciate it very much for you guys letting me come on, and uh, let's go Bombers on Saturday. Woo-hoo. All right. Once again, that party happening Friday night at Finns on Grant. Uh, we can give you the heads up as well that uh, the Bank of Canada raising its key interest rate by three-quarters of a percentage point today. The rate hike matches up with what many economists were expecting, bringing the bank's key rate to 3.25%. And in the rate announcement, the Bank of Canada says global inflation remains high while the Canadian economy continues to operate in excess demand. Canada's year-over-year inflation rate was 7.6% in July, easing from 8.1% in June as gas prices fell. But the bank says its core measures of inflation, which tend to be less volatile, continues to move up and short-term inflation expectations remain high. So they say rates will need to rise further to bring inflation down to its 2% target. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we've got tickets to give away to see The Offspring on Friday, November 17th at Canada Life Centre. Pardon me, Friday, November 18th. Tickets go on sale this Friday, but you can win them right now if we pick your text message. Because it's back to school week, we're asking you what your favorite class was in school. And we read this one earlier from Heather, but we're going to revisit it because you never quite know who's listening. So Heather says, Mr. Pierce, Glenlawn, 1984. Physics, wonderful man. Always offered extra help, as I was not the greatest comprehending the complicated equations. Also, he knew I was interested in long-distance running, so he would take his time out to time me on weekends, jogging the distance of St. Vitale Park. So that was from Heather. And then shortly after we read that one, Loren, we got this from Maureen. Oh, and this is so wonderful to hear, because Maureen wrote to say, We heard a tribute to Mr. Pierce this morning, but not the name of the person who sent it in. Mr. Pierce is actually my partner's dad. He was quite taken aback as as his dad died in 2006. We are always 
so touched to hear how Harvey impacted people's lives. Mr. Pierce taught at Glenlong Collegiate. He had polio, so as a result, he walked with canes and had leg braces, and he coached track. If you can let us know who shared the memory of Mr. Pierce, we would truly appreciate it. So Maureen, it was Heather who shared it, and we'll see if we have some sort of reunion for Mr. Pierce. He sounds like a tremendous educator. It's just uh, some of the some teachers are not great, like any like any field, right? Some are not good, and some are great, and some are just excellent, and leave that that long lasting mark on people's lives. Uh, what so, a legacy! Wow, that's yeah. excellent. That is just incredible. Um, Greg's going to read us the winner here, but this one's interesting from Mel, who says three hundred one history. Mister D gave us a lot of our homework in the form of a crossword. Hopefully this isn't actually a sketch from the TV show Mr. D and someone's punking us here. <laughs> I can remember Mr. Schreier giving us a lot of history and geography uh, homework in the form of a crossword okay. puzzle. So this might have been an 80s thing. So we discussed ethnic foods and he brought stuff from the world of cheese. And we had a buffet of eggplant, pickled snake, smoked oh. octopus lava worms, baby bees, and of all the people who tried it, only one or two got sick. Only just one or two. Yeah. We weren't told what it was when we tried it, but we didn't have to try things we were leery about. He taught the class more like a sociology course. So that sounds fun. It's amazing, but you I just wonder if you could ever get away with that now, bringing bees and all, snakes to school, eat it, and they'd be like, look. What would you do at school today? Cent. 8% got sick. That is not a big deal. Relax, <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. What'd you do at school today? I ate a lava worm. What are they doing at your school? <laughs> I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's just how far we've come, maybe too far in some ways, of not allowing some of those experiences. Right? Oh, that's great. <laughs> but Randy uh, got us good with this one, Greg. What does Randy have for us? He's our winner. In grade 11 history class, that was my favorite. We always started class with a thing called current events. This made you watch the news so that you knew what was going on in the world. A girl beside me said that she didn't watch the news the night before and asked if I had any or knew of any current events, you know, just in case she would get asked about it. So I told her to tell the class that Queen Elizabeth was pregnant. <laughs> sure enough, she was called upon and proudly said, Queen Elizabeth is pregnant. The whole class burst out in laughter. It was Hilarious. And then Randy <laughs> says, wow, she was very upset with me. <laughs> because, A royal scandal. <laughs> forgot How to, old was the queen at that time? Yeah, that's, that was my next question. That's right. Okay. So we'll have to follow up with Randy uh, to find out how long ago this was. But Randy, congratulations. You're going to the offspring. Back to school, who's moved from the high school at Garden City in the Seven Oaks School Division to a Cole Stanley Knowles in the Winnipeg School Division. We say hello once again to Loren McNabb on the road. Oh, guys, I've been all over the place today. So, of course, I started at Garden City Collegiate at 735 talking about high school. And then in the last... Uh, hour I spent some time at Stanley Knowles School. We had a really thoughtful interview with the principal about just the, the things they're considering COVID going forward and what they hope is a post-COVID world. And so there's lots of thoughts about mental health and just the conversations they need to have with kids about anxiety and all the rest. They're the ones that are taking care of our children, but it's our ch children that we hope put the smiles on all of their faces and our faces today. And I want to share a bit of audio from some of the conversations we had, starting with... 
Markel. I'm speaking with Markel, who is going into grade two, and you just told me you're pretty nervous. Nervous to do the interview or nervous for school? The interview. Okay, well, how are you feeling about school? Excited. And why? What makes you think you should be excited today? Mm, my new backpack. Oh, tell me all about it. Um, it's Lego, and I have, um, it's green, red, and yellow for like a, for red, red for stop, yellow for get ready, and green for go. Lego backpack too? So you've got your new backpack, you've got some new stuff for school. What is the thing that you're like excited about? Is it friends? Is it um, what you might be learning today? Is there a subject you really like? Um, I have two subjects that I really like. Um, it's math and Recess. <laughs> Math and recess, the honest answer. Markel, thank you very much. Have a great time today. Thank you. Wow. Very well spoken, Markel. But uh, the honest answer, right? The Everybody's favorite, recess. Well... The answer was math first, but I was waiting for someone to say recess or gym, and I was not disappointed. I was really impressed today because, the, you know, we as, we, as I said, teachers, the principals, caregivers, moms and dads, we might all have different thoughts in our head as they go back to school. And the kids do too. They have their own worries, right? But there are the little things like the Lego backpack. I love it when kids, Brett, kind of do that big breath before you know they're in for a really descriptive, like, <gasps> it has red, yellow, <laughs> green, you know, like they really... <laughs> And I thought, here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn all about this backpack now. So that's, there's so much cuteness going on this morning across Winnipeg, across Manitoba. Uh, the next person I spoke to was a son and father. I've got a little bit. I want to play from Cohen and his dad right now. Cohen Conti going into grade five. What are you thinking this morning? Is that's a pretty big year? Yeah, it sure is. Excited or nervous or both? Both, actually. I'm excited and nervous about what kind of work I'm going to have and different classes and how much it has changed. And what about what's changed in terms of what you're learning or what's changed from last year? Like, what's changed from last year and, like, just what differences there is between the work last year and from what there's going to be this year. You'll be learning all sorts of new things with math and science and of course I'm curious with your dad me and what the differences might be with COVID. You're not walking into school this year with a mask. You're not walking in with arrows on the ground. No one's being told to separate. What's going through your head as dad? Yeah, you know what? It's, uh, it's actually a little bit surreal being in this school for the first time in a couple of years because parents were not allowed in here for a couple of years, right? So maybe it's... Uh, relearning some of the things that we that were normal to us before the pandemic right like you said about the lines and about uh, the cues and such and no masks even coming in here and seeing not a lot of masks it's 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 new again right everyone has preschool jitters the night before jitters do you have them as dad at all or even walking in here yourself i do because uh you know the last couple years have felt a little bit different even um the sniffles now are treated a little bit differently right so um for him, especially with, uh, you know, the pandemic and post-pandemic, it's going to be some, some new learning um, and just excited to see kind of what the new norm looks like, right? 
Cohen for you. Of course, you're thinking about school, but let's talk about some of the fun stuff. What's the fun stuff you're looking forward to today? I find gym and like reading at the library is really fun. You like going to the library? Yeah. That's awesome. What's your favorite book or do you have one? Um, I'm reading a series called The Unwanted. I look forward to hearing more about how your school year goes. Good luck today. Hey, have a good time. Thank you so much. Must be weird, Loren, for parents. Uh, it's great that he pointed that out, that he wasn't even allowed to walk into the school. Was that the case for you as well with your kids? Yep. Yeah, we couldn't go in the school last year. I think that changed at some point, I want to say, towards the end of the year. But there were all sorts of things that you didn't know. There were teachers you had never met. There might have been new teachers that you only knew over Zoom or over Teams or whatever technology you were using. There were teachers that at the end of the year last year, and this is right, I remember walking in and walking past one of the teachers because I'd only ever seen them in a mask. And then I thought, oh my gosh, you're so-and-so, right? Because I hadn't seen them. So you weren't going in with them. You weren't doing parent teachers as normal. You weren't doing parent advisory council stuff as normal, Greg. You weren't doing, you know, if, if there was a the cafeteria was different, choir, like there's just a, lots of things. Yeah. And so there's that kind of sense of freedom, but there's the opposite feeling too of just a bit of that's that's a long period of time to go with those rules and then you wonder if there'll be classes today where kids are thinking with that that covid brain as opposed to the before times brain well i was very active in my boys school i knew i knew all their teachers on a first name basis you know right from kindergarten straight through until grade eight and and then when things changed with with uh covid and then the boys went to to high school uh, yeah i don't have a relationship really with any of their teachers except for a couple of zoom meetings and maybe the odd email here and there and with their friends i've known all their friends quite well and their friends parents and um one of my boys i know one parent or two parents and one kid really well and then uh, with the other boy i really have only met a handful of his friends and and none of their parents so it, it it's been a change in my ability and the way i had been parenting it's been a dramatic change and and the cafeteria the, the cafeteria wasn't open or the food program so uh jackie hates the fact that she's got to make lunch every day but now there's the option is back uh, for the kids to eat at school and and get some nutrition uh, from from the calf as we used to say yeah, that I love pierogies. Did you have a favorite food in the cafeteria, Brett? Fries, fries and gravy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fries, we also had the deep fried pizza pops. Deep fried pizza pop. I'm glad you oh. said that. Well said. Well done. Oh. Yeah. I don't think we ever did that, but there was lots to enjoy about school. And I and I want to leave it on this note because there are parents who are trying to figure out caregivers how to walk your kid into school this morning, maybe pick them up this afternoon and and the advice and the words you want to share. And so we'll leave it uh, with this family. I spoke to whose daughter's name is Elsie. Elsie, let's fire this away. Going into grade three, were you up early this morning or did you sleep in? Uh, I was up early. Up early because you're excited or mom and dad made you get out of bed? (laughs) <laughs> She's pointing to her mom right now, blaming her mom. Okay, so you're up. You're here at school. What are you looking forward to in grade three? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing my best friends and going to daycare and learning a lot. Did you come to school with anything that you're excited to show people? Do you have a new eraser or a pen or a hairband? No. <laughs> How about the lunch? Who packs your lunch? My Nana packed it, but most of the time... My dad packs it. Okay, well, let's ask Dad. Mark, are you nervous today when you send them off to school? Or are you excited to get them out the door? 
I'm excited to get them out the door, but I'm always nervous because the school run is a scary time for, for me personally. But I know Elsie enjoys, once I get her into the classroom, she loves being here with her friends. So. Hard not to look back on your own experiences and, and hope that hope for always for better for your kids, right? Yeah, of course. That's the thing, right? They're the future. So uh, we, want, you know, we want them to have fun, to learn, and to figure out some of the problems that we face today ourselves. So, Jen, any advice for your daughter? What were you saying to her as you walked in this morning? Um, just have fun, I guess, because that, that's really, school should be fun, especially at this age. And um, I think she, she enjoys being with her friends and she's really social and um, all the learning stuff will come as a result of that, I think. So. That's awesome, Elsie. I hope you do have fun today. Is there anything you're not looking forward to? Like, was there one thing you're like, oh, I hope this doesn't happen? Um, my daddy embarrassing me. <laughs> I think we should yeah. well, he didn't. He didn't. We have a code word, don't we? What's the code word? Open Gangnam Style. Open Gangnam Style means dad. <laughs> Cut. Cut it. Cut You're it. done. Yeah. Your dad did great and you did great. Have a great day, okay? Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> what a great code word. Code word. And then he's like, and then I get the old, like, Nick's today on the chatty day, dad, and I have to, you know abide by that so i loved it and school should be fun right that's the point yes and it is great to to hear this and to see the kids get to go back in a in somewhat more normal environment after a couple of tough years and as the kids return to school how are you feeling that's our question of the day at cjob.com options are i'll miss the kiddos happy they're back or i don't have kids Yesterday afternoon's question, by the way, on schools, now that schools seem to be back on track, how much of a learning gap do you think your child suffered during the pandemic? 60% said significant, 28% a little bit, 4% not at all, and 8% said they actually learn more. So weigh in on the question of the day at cjob.com.